The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at TNTradio.live. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, we are back with hour two after a big hour one. We've got one more hour to go on State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Hesher, I was just looking at X while we were on that short break. Cook political report has now shifted Michigan and Nevada towards the GOP as Biden poll numbers continue to crater. So, I mean, Michigan and Nevada, both of those swing states, uh, are now heavily favored for Trump. And now now that explains the Colorado Supreme Court decision. Um, I think what they did here was I think the, the Supreme Court of Colorado decided maybe we can just push some of these other states into following our lead. So we'll go first because it's not like Trump was going to win Colorado. They didn't need to, you know, I mean, he, he he's, he's not doing well in Colorado. Maybe he will be now. What do you think? Yeah, uh, the, the you know, I was talking with Tyler Nixon about this this morning. You know, he resides in Colorado and uh, yeah, he had some choice words. Maybe we can get him on next week uh, to give his opinion. But yeah, Colorado jumped on the bandwagon first. I was expecting this. I kind of thought it might come out. I don't know, Maryland or Pennsylvania first, but Colorado it is. So game on. Uh, let's see how this goes. But yeah, I I don't know. It's really like the big question for me, and we're going to speak with one of our guests about this. uh, How quickly is this going to be addressed by the Supreme Court? Are other states going to jump in before it gets to the Supreme Court? Or is it going to go straight to Supreme Court and save us a whole bunch of hassle here? Or are we going to get some sort of uh, Christmas surprise from the Supreme Court, New Year's surprise from the Supreme Court? It's really hard to say at this point, Steve, but uh, you know, uh, I was kind of glad to see the news, not that I, you know, want to see the, <laughs> the nation go through another, you know, uh, Trumpian disaster here, but, uh, yeah, keep showing us what you got. Keep showing us what you got. Federal government, democratic party, uh, activists, judges, and lawyers and DAs keep showing us your hand, you know, keep showing the country how this works and where this heads. Uh, it's, it's a bad news, good news situation, Steve. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's going to be put on a rocket docket, but we'll 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 address this again a little bit later in the program. But speaking of showing us what you got, you heard about the Jeffrey Epstein list, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, th- oh, this is it. Very, very interesting. Now, Jeffrey Epstein accuser has mocked, quote, nervous associates set to be named. She asked who's on the naughty list. We're talking about Virginia uh, Guffrey. I don't know if I got that last name right, but Virginia She's the one that you may have seen the photograph of Prince Andrew uh, hugging the, uh, the the blonde, the very pretty blonde girl. Well, that was a 17-year-old Virginia. Uh, she's accused sexual trafficker uh, Jeffrey Epstein of abusing her when she was underage. Uh, and uh, he sued her. Uh, uh, she's, he, she, Virginia, that is, sued Jelaine Mac- Maxwell and Prince Andrew. Uh, And she's mocked dozens of other Epstein associates scheduled to be publicly named this year. She says, finally, we are hearing members of the U.S. government senators and the uh, U.S. government senators about the need for transparency. She mentions that because uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, uh, Republican Tennessee, came out and basically said, 
let's see every name. We want to see them all. Some of them are still going to be redacted, mostly because of age, though, and that they've uh, specifically asked, please, these were victims, by the way, saying, please don't release my name. I don't want to be a part of this story at all anymore. Uh, you know, I've paid enough, you know, blah, 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 blah. These are probably the the, the underage girls that were trafficked uh, by Jeffrey and Jelaine Maxwell. Uh, anyway, it appears that the bad actors within our government are going to great lengths to protect the pedophiles who took Jeffrey Epstein's private jet. That's what Senator Blackburn wrote on her ex account. She says, I will not stop working to reveal their identities. The American people need, uh, deserve to know every single name on that list. Kudos to, to Marsha Blackburn for that. Don't know that we're going to see every name, but, uh, I think Virginia is correct. I think that there's some very, very nervous people inside the Beltway right now. As there should be. We've been talking about the Friends of Jeffrey Network for years now and the protection that they've been under. Uh, and who has the list? Who has? This is a blackmail ring. It's uh, plainly obvious that this is a blackmail ring. It's been plainly obvious for a long time. Whitney Webb has a wonderful book on it with a lot of information if you're looking to uh, you know, fill in some context here. But yes, it's extremely, extremely dangerous to have this sort of uh, high-level blackmail ring going on. And, uh, you know, we're talking about our own CIA, our own FBI, and Israeli Mossad being involved here. So what does it all mean? Whose names are on the list? And are they compromised? We need to have some serious discussions about the names on that list as to whether or not they are compromised and some even point out that uh one of the things that melinda gates said around the time of her divorce from bill gates was that epstein was a factor perhaps in that so um a lot of people a lot of very powerful people and i would wager probably more than one person up there on capitol hill would be on that list well one of them is last name bill first or uh, first name bill last name clinton we yeah. know he's on the list. We know damn good and well he's on the list. I'll tell you somebody who's not on the list, Donald Trump. That's a fact. He was not on that list. Uh, he made it a point to release any and all uh, uh, contact that he had with Epstein. He said, I never really liked the guy. He kind of creeped me out. Um, of course, he was escorted, forcibly removed from Mar-a-Lago uh, for hitting on one of the uh, member's young daughters, uh, trying to kind of woo her. Uh, and Trump said he personally uh, decided that that was enough of Jeffrey Epstein and he booted him out. He also never showed up on any of the flight logs. So there are some people that are nervous, and I'm sure it's not just the CIA and the Mossad. I'll bet there's other European countries involved, too. Epstein uh, was running a blackmail racket, as you rightly point out. No question about that. And I think he tied in a lot of world leaders and a lot of a lot of heavy hitters in the uh, in the world of fi international finance uh, and Hollywood. Yeah, and Hollywood. That's right. That's why. Right. And of course, Bill Gates. Uh, boy, I'd love to know exactly what he was involved in because you know you don't divorce the at the time richest man in the world without damn good reason. And uh, Melinda Gates bounced out of that relationship, or she bounced his ass out of that relationship, and took billions and billions of dollars with her. Good for her. Um, although she's still involved in this BS with buying up the farms. And all. Yeah, they're, they're all leftists. 
they all yeah. hang in the same groups. I, I, I don't, <laughs> but for, for Virginia and all of the, uh, all of the other people that were involved in this, good luck to them. I hope that they, uh, I hope that they get some, uh, recompense. We'll see. Hey, if you're enjoying listening to TNT radio, and we know you are, uh, and if you think we're doing a good job, please let us know about it. Leave us a like or a positive review or a comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Abroad or at home, this is your news. By staying silent, we are part of the problem. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, federal aviation authorities have decided to convene a panel that will investigate the problem of air traffic controller fatigue following a string of near collisions. Here with the story, joining us once again, TNT radio news producer Adam Clark. Uh, Ruckus, well, what's going on? Flight attendants getting a little bit sleepy, are they? Well, who can blame them? There is a shortage of over 3,000 air traffic controllers nationwide. Um, so amidst that type of an atmosphere, um, <laughs> it's no bueno uh, is all I have to say to hear about how many near misses there are when it comes to the planes over our head. In fact, there's been more than 300 near collisions between airplanes over the past year, um, if you can believe that. That's scary to think about. Uh, and apparently many of these incidents have been linked to sleep-deprived controllers who are working mandatory overtime six days a week. There is a concerted, concerted effort to train and add new controllers, but it is a persistent challenge to fill these positions due to retirements. So whatever the reason, we have a bunch of tired air traffic controllers, and they think this could be leading to potential deadly consequences unless we get on it. So they're going to get on it. Apparently, uh, they're going to do so with a three-member panel of sleep experts. That's right. Uh, who in January will begin studying how the latest science on sleep needs and fatigue considerations can be applied to controller work requirements and scheduling. At least that is what the FAA announced just yesterday, Wednesday. The chair uh, of this panel is a former National Transportation Safety Board member, one Mark Rosekind, uh, and then the other two would be Dr. Charles Seisler of Harvard Medical School and Dr. Aaron Flynn Evans of NASA. That's right. We have a NASA sleep expert involved uh, because the panel is not meeting until next month. Um, the FAA administrator, Michael Whitaker, said ongoing staffing issues may lead to delays during the upcoming busy holiday travel season. Yeah, we already knew this. Uh, Whitaker said, quote, if there is a shortage of air traffic controllers, we would reduce traffic to accommodate and make sure that everyone is traveling safely. Having said that, we have not had to do that other than on the East Coast in the system generally. End quote. The National Air Traffic Controllers Association, a labor union, of course, said if invited, its members will collaborate in the fatigue study process, though it noted that, quote, the fundamental cause of controller fatigue is the shortage of certified professional controllers. End quote. Um, actually, I believe... 
Furthermore, according to a statement um, here, it says, quote, in January 2023, NATCA, this is the National Air Traffic Controllers Association, and the FAA's Air Traffic Organization completed the Collaborative Resources Work Group, CRWG, review to develop operational staffing targets for each of FAA's 313 facilities, which were verified and validated by the MI. TRE Corporation, the Meter Corporation, an independent third party. The answer to prolonged controller fatigue is a long-term commitment to hiring and training of air traffic controllers. The FAA must adopt the CRWG targets as part of a comprehensive plan to address the staffing shortage, end quote. Uh, and gentlemen, the new panel is expected to report its findings and recommendations in February. Until then, we have to deal with sleepy air traffic controllers what do you think <laughs> i just it's just so typical government isn't it uh, let's convene a panel a sleep panel to determine what the problem is and, and and you had the guy there from the air traffic controller board say here's the problem hire more you don't need to put a panel together hire more people uh and, and let our guys and gals sleep a little bit Instead, they're going to go, I'm going to put together a blue ribbon panel. We're going to get to the bottom of this. What the hell is the problem here? Let's get some fatigue specialists on board. Get the guys from NASA involved. Um, it seems to me that hiring more air traffic controllers might do the trick, but that's just me. I'm no sleep expert. What do you think, Ash? Oh, you're talking common sense and logic there. So that's out the window. That's not going to happen. <laughs> this is America, Steve. So, yeah, all that. Put that aside. We need more money for NASA. We need more government contracts for Harvard Medical. Harvard, there you are again, getting slapped around today. We don't need you here either. I'm pretty sure Steve's on to something. Uh, we need more air traffic controllers. We need proper incentives. We need proper shifts. Uh, they need vacation time. Uh, and how is this even happening? You know, again, I keep having to go back to the COVID Farago here. How's this even happening after all that extra COVID money you guys got in the air industry? How much taxpayer money went into that? And you guys can't keep us staffed. You can't keep the planes going. Uh, and and <laughs> this all leads to delays in the holiday season. This This almost sounds like a puff piece to just sort of cover their butts for the incoming delays this holiday season. And one more thing I would like to point out, I feel sorry for these air traffic controllers in the first place, and I feel even more sorry for them that on the one day that they get off, they might have to go collaborate in a fatigue member testing facility. Could you imagine that? Being forced to work six days a week, not getting enough sleep, and then saying, well, we need you to take one of your days off and go over and, and hang out with the NASA sleep experts and the Harvard medical people who are, you know, probably making three times what you're making and working three times less. <laughs> exactly right. We know you're exhausted. We know we've worked you 16 hour days, six days in a <laughs> row. And now because you are so tired, you're a perfect candidate for a fatigue test. You're a lab rat now. We've made you so tired. You can now be a lab rat for a sleep panel. That's great. I mean, that's this is why, you know, I mean, this is kind of off the beaten path, but this is exactly why when Obamacare was pitched, I'm like, oh my God, the last group of experts I want 
on my med for my family's medical history and medical care are a bunch of bureaucrats that only think of, well, we can't figure it out. Maybe we need to hire another blue ribbon panel to figure it out. What we need is more bureaucrats. That's what we need to figure out the hook family's uh, medical uh, uh, care. Um, you know, you hand the government this much power. It's not that they might abuse it. They will abuse it. Uh, and they will find ways to uh, grow the, the, the government uh, when what they should be growing in this case uh, are the number of air traffic controllers in the nation, seems to me. But then again, I'm no sleep expert. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Ruckus? Uh, I guess ultimately this isn't going to solve the problem because there was a recent, uh, just in mid-November, the FAA's National Airspace Systems Safety Review Team published a report uh, which pointed out that besides the short staffing of air traffic controllers, there are other problems, quote, rendering the current level of safety unsustainable, end quote. And those include, but are not limited to, inconsistent funding, outdated technology, and onerous training requirements. So all of these things, I would suggest, uh, Hesher, you might agree with me, is probably going to be offered up uh, some solutions in the form of artificial intelligence or some other technological bullcrap count on it yeah count on it right on thank you ruckus very much brother for that one and we'll uh we'll do it all over again tomorrow brother you have a wonderful day thanks for uh thanks for coming on there you go hesher oh boy all right you're listening to state of the nation on tnt radio our friend andrew langer joins us next right after this on tnt radio TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Take us back in time, and who was Mike Flynn? He was the National Security Advisor to the President. Why is it that they go after me so hard? Why me? Why does Barack Obama only talk about two people to the incoming President of the United States? When I was sentenced, the judge says, you have been convicted of lying to cover up for Donald Trump. To which I say, cover up what? Russian collusion? There was no Russian collusion to cover up. We see in today's current uh, scenario with President Joe Biden, who came in with high expectations that he has been viewed as divisive. And we're committed to advancing transgender equality in the classroom. The liberal media say, well, this is his love for his son, and yes, he's going to protect his son. But let me tell you, a lot of fathers love their sons, but their sons had to go to jail when they broke the law. At this moment, people see a lot of those telltale signs of a far left drift to the country. Whether you're talking about socialism, or you're talking about communism. Socialism is just a kinder cousin of communism. But the goal is the same, for the state to have control of every aspect of your life. We had multiple hearings on different 
agencies that have actually just gone rogue. They took fewer men in the takedown of El Chapo than they did to arrest me. And Comey went back to his organization and brought his other thugs together to basically give them the ground rules. Okay, here's how we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. And give, now I need some ideas about how to execute this, basically this act of treason. I think we all know, James Comey, that you're a great storyteller because you made up the entire story about Crossfire Hurricane. So it's really fitting that a criminal like yourself wrote a crime novel. Do you remember me? Remember me from your book signing? It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat. People will sell their soul to obtain an ounce of political power in Washington, D.C. I don't even know that draining the swamp is the appropriate metaphor anymore after what we've seen these last four years. We need basically an exorcism in Washington, D.C. When, you know, Satan is tempting Jesus in the desert, I'll, I'll give you all the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. All you have to do is bow to me. That's what Barack Obama has done. That's what Jim Comey has done. That's what these bastards have done. The Fall of Deceit at SalemNow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. As you know, a former U.S. Supreme Court law clerk claimed just yesterday that the high court will likely rule against the Colorado Supreme Court decision to bar former President Donald Trump from appearing on the state's 2024 ballots. Earlier this week, the Colorado High Court ruled that the former president is disqualified from being on the ballot and the state uh, because of his role in the J6 Capitol breach. Interesting. A 4-3 ruling, which is based on a reading of a provision of the Constitution's 14th Amendment, is likely to be taken up by the U.S. Supreme Court. Of course, many are talking about it, including us. And joining us now for commentary is Director of the Center for Regulatory Freedom at CPAC Foundation, and host of the Lunch Hour podcast and co-host of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, Andrew Langer. Welcome back to State of the Nation. Surely this tactic is being looked at by other states. Uh, What do you think is going to happen here? Are we going to see other states doing this before it hits Supreme Court? There are 16 other states where there there are active lawsuits. It's not the states themselves, but people within those states. Listen, guys, here's the reality. Um, You know, the left is going to go fall all over themselves about this, praising this ruling of the high heavens. The reality is there was almost an inevitability in this. Um, when you file a lawsuit like this in 16 states, got a pretty good chance at one of them finding this. But, but guys, let's keep in mind, the end result in this is not what a lot of people are saying. The end result is not to get Donald Trump thrown off the ballot. That, that's not what they, they necessarily want to do. It would, I think, to the end, some, for some of it would be great if it happened. But the reality is there are two things that are going on here. Number one is what they want is to turn the focus of the 2024 elections away from Biden's record and to this question of whether or not Donald Trump is even eligible to be president, right? Let's keep January 6th in the headlines for as long as possible. Let's see how long we can make Donald Trump as toxic as possible, how long it takes us to make Donald Trump as toxic as possible. Let's do everything we can to make sure that the election is not about Joe Biden and what Joe Biden has done in his first three and a half years as president, three and three quarter years as president, but to go back to Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, these cases. And there's a bonus for the left because, listen, everybody, with with very few exceptions, everybody agrees that the Supreme Court is going to overturn this. And guess what? That's also what they want, the folks who are pushing this kind of a thing. Um, Now, it'll be really interesting because there is a scenario, and I don't think it's too far afield to suggest 
that the nine Supreme Court justices, not just the six conservatives, but even the three liberals, are going to look at this and say, we don't want to be in the position, we should not be in the position of deciding whether or not the former president of the United States should be on the ballot. We need to leave that up to the voters. Now, there are points of law that they will certainly disagree with, and there will be interpretations. So I suspect that it'll be something on the order, if not a a, a 9-0 decision, um, but six justices outright turning this over, and then the other three sort of what they what trying to split the baby, as it were, uh, saying they will concur in part and they will dissent in part. They will probably say that Donald Trump did engage in an insurrection. Some of them may say that, but that the 13th Amendment, 14th Amendment doesn't apply here because of previous precedent, the language of the statute, Donald Trump is not an officer of the United States, et cetera, et cetera. So there are those reasons. But what, yeah. what will happen then is, because this is what the left wants, this is yet going to be another check mark in the columns of making the Supreme Court an illegitimate institution. So if Joe Biden were to win and the Democrats retake both houses of Congress uh, in 2024, well, then they can move forward with their plans to pack the court, change the court, rein in the court, threaten the court, however they want to do it, because of all the uh, of all of the um, um, all of the illegitimate things the court has done in service to Donald Trump. So this yeah. is not about kicking Donald Trump off the ballot. It is about all of these other things. So in other words, in other words, Andrew, what you're saying is good to see you again, my friend. Hi. Um, yeah. What what you're saying is basically it's 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 two birds with one stone here. Right. Uh, they, they they could destroy uh, the Supreme Court uh, by packing it uh, or or forcing um, uh, I guess term limits. Although I think they'd right. be hard pressed to do that because then people would say, well, wait a minute. How about you guys have term limits right. as well? So they right. may be a little bit reticent to go that route. But packing the court, I could see them trying to pull an FDR on this thing. But here's yeah. the thing, Andrew. Everything they have done is has had the exact opposite effect of what they want. Ah. You know Trump has raised millions of dollars since Colorado made this egregious ruling. Uh, it's going to be overturned, as I think we can all agree on. I was watching Victor Davis, Anthony uh, Dershowitz, Andrew, uh, Andrew McCarthy. All of them are saying the same thing. If And Jonathan Turley, too. Right. This should be 9-0. Will it be? Don't know. But it should be 9-0 on this ruling. And California is already starting to say, maybe we're going to go this route. Is this going to get the rocket docket treatment? Uh, are we going to see oh, a ruling oh, on this within days? It absolutely will. I mean, so, you know, the, the, the thing about this is that it, because it's a state court, right, a state Supreme Court, it goes directly to the Supreme Court on appeal. Um, and the Supreme Court will be hard pressed to not uh, hear this quickly, given the compressed time frames that are at work. The ballots in Colorado have to be printed uh, by uh, by the beginning of February. I think February 2nd is the day the ballots have to be printed. Oh, and let, let's not let's not also, you know, forget and i'm sure you guys have talked about this it's not just about throwing donald trump off the ballot but it's also about uh mandating that anybody who places a write-in vote for donald trump those votes can't be counted which is an extraordinary step to be taken here uh, and and another reason why i suspect the supreme court would would go down this road of probably having some kind of a mixed nine nothing decision um the thing will get overturned but it will and and incidentally right once it gets overturned once it's ruled on this issue of whether or not Donald Trump is valid to serve constitutionally under this sort of insurrectionist clause of the Constitution, um, then it doesn't matter what any other court does. It doesn't matter what California does. 
Um, it, it just, it, it essentially, the Supreme Court has ruled, the Supreme Court has ruled, unless there's a completely different fact set, and I can't imagine uh, that that'll be the case. May possibly, possibly if he if he makes it past this on the primary and someone files a challenge uh, about it uh, regarding the general election, but even then, I think the court would uh, would just dismiss it out of hand and say no, this is this is not uh, not not going to fly. Yeah, yeah. All right, Andrew, hold the line. We have a headline inbound here with today's news talk. We'll pick up right here on the other side with State of the Nation at TNT Radio. What a news day this is turning out to be. Wait, 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 wait till you hear this. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The Palestinian Hamas terrorist group has halted negotiations with Israel, insisting on a cessation of hostilities as a precondition for further discussions. Antoinette Latouf, a Lebanese-Australian journalist, was terminated from her role as a temporary presenter on ABC Sydney's morning radio program after three days due to her social media posts expressing criticism of Israel. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Andrew, I'm curious, uh, as J6 is the, you know, the long pole in the tent here, really, I mean, that is the argument that they're making um, with the extra footage that's come out and and the uh, slow but certain loss of the mainstream narrative, the government narrative um, on J6. How do you think that could affect uh, this sort of lawfare uh, moving forward? I don't know. I don't. I don't think it'll be. It'll be much. I don't think it'll hinge on you know material facts, right? The Supreme Court tends to not look at fact sets in order to make their determination. What they're really looking at is what the law says and how the law has been applied in the past, right? It's the concept of stare decisis, the reliance on precedent, which every once in a while the Supreme Court will turn around and break, but only in truly extraordinary situations. Like, you know, this, you know, there, there are the, there's this challenge now under the Chevron doctrine. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. The, the point is, the footage will be less of an issue, uh, you know, whereas the fact that Donald Trump hasn't been convicted of anything, uh, the fact that the, the case law defines the concept of officer of the United States to include uh, a folks who are not the president of the United States, that by virtue of the fact that the president was not appointed, uh, nominated by the president and confirmed by the Senate, uh, that the, that's how they've de- that's how they've defined who is an officer of the United States in the past. Those are the things that are going to hold sway. And then there is a principle that the court will say, which is we don't want to substitute our judgment for that of the voters in the same way that the court does not want to substitute their judgment for the judgment of the agencies or the judgment of Congress, um, except in areas where it's, you know, it's constitutional. They don't want to rule on the definition of things. Uh, they want to rule on how the laws apply. Uh, let me give you a really quick example. For instance, and this is a hypothetical. Um, uh, the EPA passes, uh, uh, creates a regulation um, that says that a, a dry patch of desert sand can be considered a navigable water of the United States for the purposes of the Clean Water Act. What will happen is that that the, that the um, the the Supreme Court won't look at that and say, well, that's a that's that's ridiculous. I mean, they they might, you know, in terms of the arbitrary and capricious standard. But what they'll really look at is whether or not the law was followed as applied, whether or not it makes sense within the construct of previous regulations or the orbit of the legislation or what Congress had determined something was going to be. You know, that's one of those situations where courts, at least conservative courts, and this one is, 
don't like to sort of wade in in those areas. And if they can decide a case based upon the law, they will do that or or, pre- or precedent, they will do that as opposed to anything else. Yeah. And, you know, exactly, Andrew. And the thing is, what you've just described there, and this is what the vaunted RGB said years ago, yes. that if Roe ever makes its way before the court again, it's going to get bounced because right. it was horrible case law to begin with. So right. th- that kind of goes to your point. It wasn't it wasn't constitutional case law. They knew it. Uh, even uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, man, I tell you one thing, if this comes back, it's going to get bounced, and it did. Let me ask yeah. you this, because this was something that we had talked about yesterday, Hesh and I, that if this precedent were to stand, and I think we can all three agree that it probably won't, and that's what right. most of the punditry class is saying and most of the legal scholars, uh, but if it were, what's to stop Texas from saying, we're removing Biden from right. the ballot because he has violated his oath of office, he has, he has ignored constitutional law when it comes to immaggration, and therefore we don't consider him a valid candidate anymore, so Let's he's even gone. Get it even more, more simple and more recent, as this is all going on, as we descended to the Banana Republic, the president's son has, has defied a lawful congressional subpoena as part of an inquiry into the president's conduct as part of an impeachment inquiry. And if if it can be, you know, the idea and then and then the following Tuesday was flying on Marine One with his dad. And so as his father is sort of abetting his son in flaunting this constitutional, uh, congressionally uh, lawfully issued uh, subpoena, that's an impeachable offense. And so you're right. Texas could look at this or or wherever could look at this and say, you know something? Yeah. You know, Joe Biden, he's never been convicted uh, under an impeachment, but forget that, you know, he's engaged in this conduct. He's the big guy. So we're going to, we're going to remove him from the ballot. I mean, it, it becomes, we would talk about this as, as moving into absurdity, right? We would never expect that to happen, but we're living in a, in absurd times. I don't expect that to happen. I also don't expect a court to uphold that. But the reality is, guys, this election is going to get crazier and crazier before it gets more sane. I can't tell you what's going to happen in terms of that craziness, but it is going to get crazier before it gets sane. Yeah, tit for tat crap. Yeah, Yeah, uh, everybody's noticing it, too. I saw Tucker talking about this recently. We've been saying it. Everybody's kind of echoing each other, and I don't even know that we're all watching each other. It's like we just all know intuitively, inherently, 2024 all bets are off. All the Listen, cards are on the table. We could see Brian, can, anything. Can I add to this? You know, and yeah. it's and it's like you know, as, as Jonathan Turley said, you know, this court decision was just what the just what this country needed, right? Or didn't need more more to the point. He was being sarcastic. You know, at the same time, we've got the uh, A twenty four studio releasing the Civil War movie about an out on out. So, I mean, if there's anything else that America needed, was the Hollywood to put on a narrative uh, talking about a civil war in the United States against, I believe. Rick Offerman, uh, Nick Offerman plays a conservative president. I don't know that for a fact, um, but you know this is this is not what we need right now. We don't need videos or movies talking about America getting into an actual civil war when we are already so polarized and divided. Same with the Obama executive produced one that's on Netflix right oh, now. Yeah. This like sci-fi predictive uh-huh. programming apocalyptic end of America. Oh, the pre- the former president and first lady executive produce make yeah. tens of you know thousands of millions of dollars from Netflix something like that that people are saying is very predictive programming uh esque in these right. days I mean it it's absurd Andrew no no that's that's exactly right I mean this is 
you know, folks are being ginned up. And, and that is exactly what this Supreme Court decision for Democrats in Colorado stepped in and decided that they're going to now further inflame the passions that Americans have against one another. It, it's just it's just nuts. Let me ask you this. We don't have much time left, Andrew, but I want to get your take on this. Hesher and I were talking off air about this. Um, it seems that this is ginned up is a good way of putting it. It seems as if this is almost designed to create some kind of civil unrest. It seems like it's almost designed, and especially if you watch CNN or MSNBC or some of these other uh, main, uh, you know, mainstream media outlets. For one, they're falling all over themselves, hailing the court in Colorado. But it seems like they're almost saying, "I dare you uh, Steve, to pull another January sixth on this." Steve, here's what's going to happen: if the election gets thrown into turmoil and it goes to the House or it goes to the Supreme Court. And and it goes to Biden and conservatives show up in, in Washington. Donald Trump will be blamed if it goes to the House or goes to the Supreme Court and Biden emerges. I'm sorry. And Trump emerges as president and the left comes to riot in D.C. Donald Trump will be blamed. I mean, it, listen, it is all about blaming Donald Trump and dividing people and saying that Donald Trump is responsible for those divisions. That's but you're absolutely correct. It is all about programming people to do these things. Yeah. And God. and Andrew, let's let's also not forget that when Joe Biden announced his campaign, when he first announced his campaign, the very first salvo media salvo that he put out was based on Charlottesville. It was right. based on that ginned up talking about ginned up events. Another one there wrought with fed boys, wrought with useful idiots, wrought with media stuck there to take pictures of idiot fed boys with tiki torches from walmart and he based the whole kickoff of his campaign on that my friend meanwhile you got claudine gay up at harvard lighting a menorah with a tiki torch and i'm i'm apparently the only person who noticed that one which is just crazy <laughs> hey me and you both man yeah. they're they're really they're really blending the metaphors here yes. and i can't help but but just it's like we're all getting called all the same names now. It's like right. you're an anti-Semite, you're an anti-Semite, you're a communist, you're a fascist, and it's just like, and then that seems to roll and change with the media cycle. I mean, briefly, what what do you think about the the media reaction overall to the Colorado thing, the mainstream? Well, I mean, right. I mean, that's that's the that's the situation where they they are perpetuating us. Some of them are cheerleading for it. I mean, listen to some credit there. They're recognizing that there's something fundamentally wrong here. Here's the thing that the folks who are applauding this don't get. And this is exactly what uh, Steve was getting to. There are people out there who are seeing this and there and Democrats, progressives who are looking at this going, I, I didn't sign up for this. This is not what America is supposed to be about. I want Donald Trump on that ballot so I can vote against Donald Trump. Um, and, and so that's where the backfiring can come in. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, it really is projectionism writ large here on the 100%. media's part it, it it's so it's so it, it it's it's heads we win tails donald trump loses uh yes. and that's just where they're at and it's just so pathetic and i can imagine i mean i remember sometimes just for fun i will re-watch election night 2016 media coverage yes. just to see their heads explode all over again right can you imagine what's going to happen in 2024 if trump is is is, is proves victorious as the 47th president oh my god it, but that's just it it's not gonna be right because they've done everything they can 
to tear at this man. And, and again, I'm not the greatest Donald Trump fan. I've spent a lot of time criticizing Donald Trump. I thought it was a really good president. And I think he lost it in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. But the, but the bottom line here is that they have thrown what they can. They've, they've tried to make him toxic. So voters wouldn't vote for him. As you're right, it's boomeranging. It has boomeranged on them. And so I just, I'm deeply, deeply concerned for what happens if Donald Trump wins. Yeah. Yeah. Or Biden. Sorry, guys. <laughs> or Biden. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be an interesting year, no matter what, and an interesting election cycle, and of course, uh, an interesting next term. Hopefully, right. we the people will be involved. And <laughs> that's that's my that's my silver lining right here. And uh, yeah, I, that what you said there about the Supreme Court, you know, that whole scenario you laid out, I could see it now. Bruin, right. New York Rifle and Pistol Association, Heller, EPA, Roe, all these things just Korematsu, for God's sake, might as well throw that in there. Yeah, sure. all you know. Just amazing. Just amazing. We can't have that in this nation or we're not a nation anymore. Andrew Langer, That's thank right. you so much for joining us here. We always Thanks, appreciate guys. you. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas. Check out the Happy Lunch New Hour Year, podcast. And Andrew and Jerry save the world. Shout out to Jerry Rogers right there. Thank Thanks. you, Andrew Langer, for see joining us right here. Gents. All right. Yeah, we'll Stay see right. you there. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Did Joe Biden just defraud the federal government? Is he guilty of theft of services and filing a false document? What am I talking about? Well, Marine One isn't free. Passengers have to be listed on the official passenger manifest and they're billed for the transportation between Joint Base Andrews and the White House, just as passengers on Air Force One are billed by the Air Force. So who was on the helicopter but wasn't on the manifest today? Well, that would be one Hunter Biden. Can you just imagine the outcry, the calls for impeachment, and likely a criminal and a civil trial against President Donald Trump if it had been Don Jr., Eric, Laura, Ivanka, Jared, Tiffany, or Baron Trump? that it hitched a ride for free. We don't need to ask the question. We all know what the hue would cry would be. And again, it's the double standard that is intolerable. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. I was such a young age. Everything changed. My name is Chloe. When I was 13, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. When I found out I just didn't know how to react. I felt like everything was just kind of closing in on me. It just became a routine. Dad's doing chemo. I'd come home from school, wait for mum to finish work, and we'd go straight to the hospital, spend a few hours there, just draw. It was hard to navigate going to school. Hundreds of kids, and I was the only one with a dying dad. He was diagnosed in March, and then he died in October. Towards the end, I heard about canteen. It kind of felt nice to know that they had other people like me. They understood what I was going through and we didn't even have to chat about cancer. In 2020, I became a youth ambassador so I can help others the way they helped me. I've done so many things since I was 13. I've graduated high school, university, gotten my licence, made a move across the country. Life now is just a whole lot more fun. Please give a gift today to support more young people like me experiencing cancer. 
This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Oh, we are so very happy to welcome our next guest. I haven't spoken with her in a long time. Dr. Alvida King, she serves as the chair for the America First policy uh, from the Institute Center for the American Dream. She's also the daughter of the late slain civil rights leader, Reverend A.D. King, niece of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and we very happily and proudly welcome her to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. Alvida, hello. Merry Christmas. How are you, ma'am? Merry Christmas to you and the whole TNT family, and Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm so glad to join you again. Well, we're we're thrilled to have you. Last time I spoke to you was on the old my old show, Right Hook Radio. I think you've joined Hesher here before, but it's uh, it it really is good to have you, uh, and uh, especially this time of year, it's 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 a real treat to to chat with you. Uh, I suppose we could really just about throw anything uh, at you, Alvita. You're very well-versed in anything we could choose to talk on, but we want to kind of be a little bit uplifting. Give us some positive news uh, for the uh, for the Christmas holiday season and, of course, the new year. Let me, let me put it this way, and I'm always looking for good news. And uh, even when things are discouraging, my grandfather, honestly, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Sr., during his lifetime, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was shot and my dad was killed and choked and everything. And my grandma was shot playing the organ. And But every time my grandfather would say, thank God for what we have left. And so I heard that and I grew up thinking that way. So even in these challenging times, we have Christmas. I tend to look for the good news. Now, did you know Dean Nelson, Bishop Dean Nelson, Reverend Dean Nelson, a a strong pro-life warrior and all that, he actually passed away. I just heard one of your ads uh, right before you came back in and a young lady was saying how her dad had passed away from cancer and everything and that she lives a life of uplifting others. So even during this season, and there are a lot of crazy, terrible things happening. There are some wonderful things happening as well. So that's the way I've learned to live my life throughout with faith, hope, and love, and to uh, look for opportunities to uplift. I hope that helps. I mean, that's exactly miracles at Christmas, mercy at Christmas. Look for it because it's here. It's actually here. Right. I mean, like that gratitude, right? Just that moment of gratitude, especially in the season, because things get moving really fast. I mean, we're certainly experiencing that the pace goes very fast and there's, you know, larger crowds out and about things take longer. And then there's, you know, all the the damage that has happened in, in family and friend circles over the last few years, you know, particularly the, you know, the Trump era was, not to any fault of his own, I would say, well, maybe his tweets a little bit, but you know, it's basically the mass media cartel that has turned us against each other, you know, over politics and then over health and then over, you know, pharma products. It's just sort of nonstop. So like, what do you do during the holiday seasons to not lose track of those things that are important, but not let them, you know, infiltrate your, your heart, your soul, and you know, your warmth in this season. I actually have two very precious friends who have uh, reached an impact over an issue. They're both Christian men, and they can't get there to a place. Well, I've forgiven, but 
and he should just do this or he should just do that. And I say, guys, it's Christmas. So I look for a scripture and I thought about uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul and John Mark. And they had a feud, if you can go and look in the Bible for that. So they broke up. They went their separate ways. But years later, Paul says to Timothy, go back and get John Mark. He's beneficial for the ministry. So I just ask people, if you're in a place of distress or angst or losing something, and I'm very aware of what has, is happening with the Hamas in Israel, for example, or in the areas uh, with abortion, for example, I can mention that. There are many things I can mention. However, there are still some wonderful things occurring, and we can bring light we can bring truth into an environment or an atmosphere if we simply choose to do that. And it's not that easy, I promise you. Uh, last couple of days, I, I made a phone call, which was rare for me, but the person happens not to have answered the phone. We talked back the next day and they were like, wow, I really should have answered the phone. I said, I was overwhelmed for a moment. I said, but I began to pray and praise my way through it. I said, I'm actually okay today. So it doesn't mean that we don't need to be there for each other. We should. I would not tell anybody, don't go out and get Christmas presents and share Christmas presents. If you're able to do that, please do that. But don't let it stop there. Let your heart be engaged. If there are people who are listening right now and say, nobody loves me. I've lost everything. I'm desperate. I don't care. Well, honestly, we do care. We may not know you. We may not be able to get to you. We may not be able to help you get out of your situation. But we care, and actually God cares. So that's the thing. And people are saying, well, they owe me this, or they should do that, and I won't forgive them until they do this. And why did they let this happen? I did really say to somebody recently, I'm glad Jesus on that cross didn't say they owe me an apology for everything they did. <laughs> he just like his head and went on and died and got resurrected and kept praying for us as our as in, in heaven now. So it's just it's, it's perspective. It's our perspective. It is all about perspective. Um, and I, I must say that it it is always nice to hear your voice, Alvita. And I know that um, the last time you and I spoke, we talked about some of the division that had been going on in the country. Uh, and of course, we haven't come a long way since then. But we were talking yesterday to, uh, or the day before, to a woman by the name of uh, Kristen Christie. And she kind of said, it echoed what you said. She always okay. hunts for the good. She says, I hunt for the good every yes. day. And, yes. uh, and I think I think that that's so important, especially this time of year. But really, three sixty-five, we should be doing that. Uh, yeah. Are you? I think that um, more people and Hesher and I, my friend Hesher here, we we talked about it yesterday. That it seems to me that there's almost an a. Uh, I guess the word I'd be looking for is an epiphany here. More people are coming to the church now than have in a long time. Have you noticed yes, an uptick? Yeah. In, 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 have you noticed you. an uptick in your ministry? There is an uptick, and we have, and then, you know, what the devil intends for evil, the Lord always intends for good. So with COVID, and they shut the churches down and all that, well, people found something called social media. And then they begin to do something like attend bedside Baptist, which means you can still be at home and on your devices and get the word and the gospel. So we're getting, uh, even at the church that I attend, I've been there over 30 years, Believers Bible Christian Church, we've got a very healthy uh, internet audience along with a physical audience. And then what I'm seeing, 
pissed because, you know, I write music, too. I don't know if you know I write and produce and sing a little bit. So I was playing one of the new songs. It's called Occupy. And Occupy, you know, Jesus said, Occupy till I come. Do kingdom business till I come back. And I've given you authority to do it. That's in Luke, the book, that's over in Luke. So I was playing the song and, and the little seven-year-old walked back. What's that? It really caught her attention. So the young people now are looking for other ways to say things, do things. And if we can bring Jesus into their environment, which is why I ended up joining TikTok, interestingly, and it is terrible. TikTok in America is garbage. Yes, it is. And in other countries, they're teaching their kids on it and we have trash. But I jump on TikTok and say, praise the Lord right now. 15 seconds, praise him, praise him, praise him. And then the kids say, you too old to be on TikTok. I say, you too young to be on TikTok. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you do yeah. it. You take it to them on their own platforms. That is exactly how you do it right there. And you kind of just answered my next question, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Maybe you'll want to elaborate a little bit more. But the other thing Steve and I were talking about yesterday was that we were like, I don't even know how many generations into poisoning people's brains with like weird identity politics and weird new age stuff and weird nihilistic stuff. And it's led to a lot of people having sort of a nihilistic worldview, but it seems like the young people, you know, uh, 30 and below uh, are sort of the group that are rising out of that and saying, no, I, I don't, I reject nihilism and I reject globalism. Yeah. And I want yeah. some tradition. And the only place I can find that is in some sort of house of worship in the community there within. That is certainly in the house of worship. Let me give you two examples right outside of that, but it's with Christian folks. I call one of my friends and, and usually I want something when I call or they want something. I say, I just call to say hi and what's up. Then she, I say, so what are you doing for the holiday? She said, we're going to do a throwback and we're going to ask everybody to bring a favorite dish from your childhood. And her kids and grandkids are so excited to remember those old recipes. I'm invited to an event during the holiday with some Christians. And they said, uh, instead of a white elephant gift, bring your favorite spice from your house and tell us why you brought that spice and what you do with it and how you cook. So people are looking for the gospel, for the word of God. They're looking for the Christ in us. And the young people definitely are, but not just the young people. And my little granddaughter asked me today, she said, you're always talking against abortion, but didn't you have abortions? She's 12. I said, well, yeah, I did. That's why I talk against it, because I found out that was people. I found out that I was hurting my own body and hurting a child. I said, so it may sound hypocritical, but it, that I learned the lesson after the fact, but it's better to learn it ahead of the game. So when they start asking questions like that and really thinking, then we know we have a window of opportunity to bring back some truth and some life into their past. And not just for the older people, you know, I mean, younger people, the older people need to hear it too. We need to practice it ourselves. I'm 73 now. That's a, a nice age. So now that we have that, we need to share it. We need to share that. Like I've got a new um, TV, Christian TV series that I'm a, a co-host on called The Vision with Destiny Yarborough and Day Gardner and some other folks. I'm doing some music. So I'm, I didn't branch out. I was already doing all these kinds of things, but I'm focusing more on uh, reaching them. Because, you know, I, 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 I heard something, I read something today, and I had read it obviously before because I've read that scripture before, but it didn't stick out. I was an English Standard Version. 
it says, and they're playing their taunt music. Taunting, taunt, T-A-U-N-T. Yeah. Are you saying Got other about stuff? 20 seconds. Got about yeah. 20 seconds. I'll so up. I'm just saying good news instead of taunts. Good news. Good news. There you go. Spread the good news. There well, we go. It's always nice okay, to hear Steve. you. God bless you, Alvita. Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us on State of the Nation. I certainly hope we can do this again one day. Have a wonderful day, ma'am. Merry Christmas, y'all. God bless. Merry okay, Christmas. take care. Well, that's a great way to wrap it up, Hesher. Another great edition of State of the Nation.